Dana, I always appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot going on. It's been a very crazy week. Uh, in particular, I just want to start out and get your thoughts on, you know, what's going on with Cyborg. First of all, I don't have this horrible relationship with Cyborg. You know, things were said before she came into the UFC, but I think we've covered that, and her and I have put that type of stuff behind us. But the stuff that's being said now, yeah. I was in the gym yesterday, and outside the lines story was was absolutely ridiculous. Completely taken out of context. In context, the way that everything happened in the old days with Cyborg, this, this started in 2012 when she tested positive for using steroids by the California State Athletic Commission. In 2014, um, Cyborg did an interview with Kevin Ioli mm -hmm. where she admitted to cheating and taking steroids. So then in April of 2014, Ioli then did a interview with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey said, I don't care if she injects horse semen into her eyeballs, I'll still fight her. I'm not speaking for the rest of the 135 pound division. Um, you know, I'm just speaking for myself. Then Ronda said, that woman has taken so many drugs that she's not a woman anymore, she's an it. Mm -hmm. So then once she said that, I was doing a, a media scrum after a fight. Again, this is in 2014. And I was asked about Rhonda's comments, about what Rhonda had said about Cyborg. You know, the, the, the media was asking me if I thought it was insensitive um, and, and wanted me to, uh, you know, comment on it. And I said, listen, this is the fight business, you know, Mean things are said. Rhonda and, and, and Cyborg had been going back and forth saying a lot of things about each other. And the fact of the matter was that Cyborg did cheat mm -hmm. and she did take steroids. She took the same performance-enhancing drug that Ben Johnson won the Olympics with, yeah. okay? It's a very dangerous steroid that she was on. And you're talking about a, a time when we were trying to clean up the sport. Then the comment you know, they, they were asking me about Cyborg, and I said to the media, guys, did you see her at the MMA Awards? Did you not think she was on steroids? You know, she got up to get her award, and she walks up the stairs, and I was saying that she looked like Vanderlei Silva in a dress. What I meant was she had the same physique as Vanderlei Silva. Yeah. Then one month later, Vanderlei Silva evades a drug test and gets a three-year suspension from the sport. First of all, I never came out and bullied or said anything about Cyborg. I was asked a question by the media. So now for, you know, hacks to throw up, you know, a 15-second clip of me saying that's completely taken out of context. And we talked about this, Cyborg and I, before she came in, in, into the UFC. And, and let's not forget, we signed her in 2015 to a deal with Invicta then brought her into the UFC in 2015. It's 2019. Wh what is this narrative? Where is this coming from? It is an absolute smokescreen to not fight Amanda Nunes. So some of the problems that we faced with the whole side, what everybody's forgetting here is when she got busted for steroids, most of these women didn't want to fight her. Yeah. To the point where Jermaine Duraname, who was the 145 pound champion, basically came out with a statement saying, this, this is about principle. This woman doesn't represent what the sport is about. And, you know, out of principle, I won't fight her for a million dollars. 
So these are some of the internal things that we were facing bringing in a, an athlete like Cyborg. But you did it anyway. You took a chance on her and yes. supported her career in Invicta. We brought her in and we're considering a possible matchup with Ronda Rousey. Um, you know, we bring in whoever is perceived to be the best. And while Cyborg was here, we signed her in 2015, it's 2019. She was drug tested many, many times while she was here. So, you know, we made sure she was a clean athlete, mm -hmm. you know, performing against other clean athletes so that the, the playing field was completely level. But even though that was the case, you still had women um, like Jermaine that out of principle refused to fight her. Mm -hmm. What's funny is in 2017, Cyborg came out and said that Jermaine was scared. That's why she wouldn't fight her. She was claiming that she was scared. You know, now she has all these problems with me saying, well, I don't think mm -hmm. Cyborg wants to fight Amanda Nunes. And I don't blame her for not wanting to fight Amanda Nunes when she actually said Jermaine was scared. When Jermaine is saying, I won't fight this woman out of principle because she's a cheater and she doesn't belong here. So this whole thing was completely taken out of context. And for Cyborg to say that I'm the one that was bullying her, it's, it's, it's completely not true. Everything was taken out of context, and I was actually responding to reporters asking me, you know, what did I think about what these other women yeah. were saying about Cyborg? And the way that I look at it is, my job as a promoter is to put on the best fights with the best fighters in the world for the fans and, and, and for myself and for the company. I did that. Mm -hmm. I, I got Amanda Nunes and Cyborg together and they fought. And we answered the question, who is the best female fighter on earth? It took 51 seconds of the first round to find out. Now, I tried to make the rematch. Cyborg can say whatever she wants. I have this all documented. We have this all documented. This is a real company, and we document everything that we have. She wanted to fight Cindy Danois or Pam Sorensen. Mm -hmm. And I told Cyborg, we don't make those fights here. That's not what we're doing. You're going to fight Amanda Nunes. And there was a huge back and forth that went on forever. And then finally she agreed, and she ended up fighting Amanda Nunes, and we saw how that fight ended. Now, there's all this talk right now about, you know, I'm trying to devalue her. Say I'm scared to fight, fight Amanda Nunes. Say I don't want to fight her. This is a liar because I text him after the fight, say I want the rematch. And this is not helping me grow in my, my brain. This is damage my brain. And for me keeping you working for own promotion, I don't want somebody damage my brain. I want you growing together. And because this we're going to have to take a little time and see what's going to be better for me. All this other bullshit that she's putting out there, again, to avoid a fighting Amanda Nunes. Message received, I get it. I'm gonna release her from her contract. I will not match any offers. She is free and clear to go to Bellator or any of these other organizations and fight these easy fights that she wants. Mm -hmm. Done, done deal. I will literally today have my lawyer draft a letter to her team that she is free and clear to go wherever she wants. We're out of the cyborg business.
Do you feel like all of this came to a head in the last couple of days strictly because of contract and some sort of a negotiation strategy on her camp's part? I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but bad strategy. Yeah. I don't hate Cyborg, and I'm not trying to, you know, destroy Cyborg. All this craziness that she's talking. Mm -hmm. you know how many fighters I've dealt with over the years, people that I really didn't like, like Tito? Mm -hmm. Tito doesn't like me, and I don't like Tito. And we haven't, and we didn't. But we still got fights done. We still did business. When you were talking about how you've had issues, contentious relationships, whatever you want to call it, with other fighters, you know, I was thinking about when Amanda had to pull out last minute, and there was a moment there where she was frustrated at, you know, some of the reaction that you had over right. that. And you guys went on to repair the relationship, obviously. I mean, she's, she's someone you speak very highly of now. Yeah, we have an incredible relationship. And, and these things happen, yeah. you know? These things happen in business. People are going to pull out things, you know, look at the John Jones stuff that's happened and, and many, many other things with different fighters. Um, but we get through it. We figure it out, we get through it, and uh, and we move on. And uh, but this is a whole different, uh, this is a completely different animal than than anything I've ever dealt with before. This is this is a woman that doesn't want to fight the champion, no matter no matter what she says. And I am giving up my rights to her contract, to matching her contract, anything. I'm giving it up. There you go. You're not being bullied. Nothing like that. I'm gonna let you go. If you don't want to fight Amanda and you don't want to be here that bad, then then why would I want you here? There was always this idea that the featherweight division was built around her because of her. That notion, I mean, now, now that we know kind of the future or lack thereof, what is the future of the division within the UFC? I, I think that, you know, what I'll do is I'll talk to the champ. Cyborg isn't the future of that division anyway. I know you're signing for other weights. I mean, do you, do you foresee a future where Amanda will be able to bounce back and forth between Bantamweight and Featherweight yes. and defend you know, both at the same time and be that true double champ? If you if you are one of these, uh, uh, you know, 145-pound women out there right now and you want to fight the best in the world and you want to be looked at as the best, it's Amanda Nunes. So, um you know, we'll continue to, to to look for talent like Felicia, who came in here and fought the other day, and and uh, and continue to bring new challenges for Amanda Nunes and see who's next. Obviously, John Jones uh, in the news again recently. Um, what are the chances we're going to see him fight again this year? The odds of him fighting are, are very good. Obviously, you know, I I said this before when asked about this. These are the type of things that happen when you're famous. Yeah. And with the limited footage that I've seen, yeah, I think he's going to fight. Who's he going to fight? <laughs> well, let's let's see how the Cormier Stipe fight goes. And um I, I just think the Cormier fight doesn't need to happen again, mm -hmm. but I think it people want it to happen again. I I want to see it again. I know they both want it. I would like to see it at heavyweight, but those two are so stubborn and, you know, DC, set in DC their ways. They, they both wanted it 205. I, I don't understand, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it at 205 or, or heavyweight. 
I think it's a fight that a lot of fans would want to see regardless of the of the division for sure. Um, when we were opening the Apex earlier uh, this, this summer, you spent a lot of time talking to the media about the potential for uh, Zufa boxing. What, uh, what can you give us in terms of an update on that? Yeah, so I've hired a guy to come in and run the boxing side. And actually over here on the, uh, on the other side of my office, the construction is going on right now. We're building offices and a war room and all the things that uh, we're going to need for this thing to start running in October. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have Zufa Boxing fully functional and running by October. Last night after the Contender Series in the, the media scrum, um, I heard you say something about Tough coming back. I feel like everybody thought Tough was dead, Tough was gone, now that the Tough gym is no longer, but that seems to not necessarily be the case. Yeah, so when when we shut down the, the old Tough gym mm -hmm. and we started building the Apex, um, the design and everything was, was planned for the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I still believe that the Ultimate Fighter is, is the best, like, rookie camp yeah. type. I, it's just, I, I think that when, when you come off that show, it changes you in so many positive ways that, that, that literally nothing will ever be harder again in your career than, than uh, what you go through on, on, on Tough. And I think that it gives such an intimate, deep look inside the characters, who they are. People come off that show loved or hated, mm -hmm. but people care one way or another about them. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't ever want the Ultimate Fighter to go away. I, I think it's, it's too important to the sport, athletes, and, 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 and to the brand. Yeah, well, another show that uh, is producing some awesome up and coming talent, of course, is the Contender Series, uh, third season now. Kind of looking back, I know when you start these things, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you probably have an idea in your head of what it's going to look like. Is it living up to those expectations? I love it. I, I love the contender, and I literally could do that every Tuesday for the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm battling a little bit right now with the matchmakers uh, for, for another season here um, to put on the level of fights with the level of talent that we have over there. You know, the, the pool isn't, isn't that deep. So um, I'm pushing these guys really hard for another season. Another season this calendar yeah, year? Yeah, I want another season. And uh, the great thing about this show is you come in on Tuesday night and you lay it all on the line. And, you know, this thing pulls big numbers and, and a lot of people get to see these fighters um, that, that they don't know. Walking into Tuesday night, they don't know these people. And, you know, these, these guys end up getting millions of views. And even the kids that don't make it, like we had that kid who's nine and one. Daniel Rodriguez. Exactly. Yeah. A ton of people saw him fight. He's nine and one. He, he put on a good performance, a good showing. Mm -hmm. And he's a free agent now, you know? So win, lose, or draw coming off that show, it's huge for these, for these up-and-coming fighters. The exposure. Huge. To build stars. And one thing I definitely wanted to hit on before we wrap things up is we've got a very exciting fight coming up this weekend. Colby Covington taking on Robbie Lawler. Such an interesting situation in that welterweight division. Uh, you know, what? just what are your thoughts on the status of that division and what's going to happen after we see who wins? Well, first of all, I love this fight. Love this fight and, and much respect to both guys for taking this fight. Um, obviously, Colby Covington wins on Saturday. He uh, he gets the shot at, at Usman. And, and Robbie Lawler, 
This is a big fight for Robbie because this puts Robbie back up in the top five. I think this fight's going to be a war. There's bad blood. Colby's been talking shit about what Robbie did to the American top team and how he turned his back on the American top yeah. team family. And this one is for the American top team, you know, as far as Colby is concerned. But what people need to remember about this fight is it's this Saturday night. It's live and free on ESPN, ESPN, the network, not plus. And it's early on the West Coast. The main card starts at noon on the East Coast. It starts at three o'clock in the afternoon. So Lawler versus Covington live on ESPN early Saturday. Well, Dana, I appreciate you uh, taking some time to uh, talk us through some things and always appreciate it. Thank you Thank very you. much. I appreciate it.